Calling all innovators. The World Economic Forum has opened up applications for its 2023 Technology Pioneers Community. Every year, the forum recognizes a limited number of companies as technology pioneers and incorporates them into its initiatives, activities, and events where they bring cutting-edge insights to critical issues facing the world. The 2023 application form is available right now at the top of weforum.org, but due by January 31st. Make sure you apply and spread the word. Well, joy leads to gratitude. It leads to optimism. It leads to hope. And I think it leads to solutions. This is a, this is a can-do world. And without joy, it'll take longer. Welcome to Meet the Leader, a podcast where top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. In today's special compilation episode, I talk to a range of leaders about joy at work, how to find it, and how to hold on to it. Subscribe to Meet the Leader on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And please take a moment to rate and review us. I'm Linda Lucina from the World Economic Forum, and this is Meet the Leader. A little bit of stress is not a bad thing, but stress that drains you actually leads to uh, lower engagement. In a time of labor shortages, it could lead to people leaving the workplace. Joy at work has always seemed a little elusive, but since the pandemic, it can sometimes seem darn near impossible. The pandemic brought its share of surprises, and years into the crisis, we are still working with shifting demands at office and home, days that blur work and personal time, all complicated by the specter of uncertainty as the world faces geopolitical conflict and the threat of a global recession. It is no wonder that some studies have found that three in five workers report a lack of motivation and energy. And in such surveys, a third or more complain of even cognitive and physical exhaustion. On this week's Meet the Leader, we talk to three leaders on what is needed to capture joy at work, the type that energizes each of us to tackle big challenges. These interviews, recorded at the annual meeting in Davos, help leaders and their teams make the most of their collective energy to make change possible. We'll get started with Neela Richardson, the chief economist at ADP and the co-head of the ADP Research Institute. Her work as a labor economist means digging into numbers, ones that explain how we work right now. I asked her for a stat that has surprised her, one that was her eureka moment and helped crystallize for her the shift that we should all be paying attention to. The number that struck her has nothing to do with economics. Here's what she said. We at the ADP Research Institute uh, did a people at work survey where we surveyed 33,000 workers in 17 countries to really get the feel of what the workers are going through in the mindset and sentiment around work. And we've done that at the scale for three years in a row, both before the pandemic, during the heart of the pandemic, and hopefully now as the pandemic is waning, waning, not everywhere, but around most of the world. And the results are surprisingly consistent. I can go into a lot of them. But the one that really surprised me is mental health challenges. The fact that so many of the global workforce not only reported that they were struggling with stress at work at least once a week, but that their work was actually impacted by that stress in a negative way. First of all, 
people don't talk negatively about themselves in surveys generally. They just don't. They'll talk about their bosses, their jobs, their kids, maybe even their spouses, but they won't say things that look bad. But the fact that this was a globally consistent result was surprising to me. It was also surprising because before the pandemic, I don't think there would have been an open conversation about mental health. And now it has to be part of the conversation. And the good news is companies are stepping up. They're taking that conversation seriously. They're offering some stress breaks and meditation classes and a little more flexibility to help with the stressors of life. And we know that pandemic amplified the stressors, but they were always present for working families. So I actually regard this first as a surprise, a sad reality of the moment we're in, in terms of all the challenges that people are facing globally, but even in our own local neighborhoods, but also uh, pointing to the possibilities and opportunities to make the workplace better by allowing people to bring their whole selves to work and giving them the tools to cope with these challenges in order to make, you know, the workplace better. And what's the way that maybe people aren't thinking about of how this sort of mental health uh, cloud is going to impact the economy? Like, I, I think people aren't making this connection at all. In a separate study that was conducted by the ADP Research Institute, it was found that, you know, People who had the right amount of stress, because stress can be good, you know, it leads to better performance. Ask any, you know, person who has to perform for a living, a little bit of stress is not a bad thing. But stress that it's routine, that's chronic, that drains you, actually leads to uh, lower engagement less of a feeling of resilience. And this is what should get every company executive's ears open in a, in a time of labor, labor shortages. It could lead to people leaving the workplace, either because of physical conditions tied to stress or because of mental stress that leads them to look for other work. And that's why it's such a pressing issue. So as a company, there's many balls in the air that you have to keep your eye on. But the health of your worker, the pandemic has taught us that that should be central. Alex Liu, the managing director and chairman at Carney, a global business consultancy, told me at the annual meeting about the biggest business challenge he is seeing today, a purpose gap. Bridging that for workers will take setting boundaries and finding new ways to learn and spark a curiosity. But for leaders, it will mean helping people know that their contributions are valued and that they are being listened to. Here's Alex on the changes he's seeing and the connection between purpose and joy at work. Obviously, the digital transformation has continued forward. It's transforming the world. It's, there's still great inequity in terms of who is, is on this side of the digital divide versus the other. Uh, obviously, the climate urgency has really accelerated. Uh, it's top of the agenda here, and it should be the top of the agenda in all constituencies. It's an existential issue. It's something that is front and center here in, in, in our company and in the work that we do. How do we transition the entire world, economy, companies, people, teammates to be better climate citizens. Yeah. Uh, those That's something that's quite different than two years ago. And the third, and five, five or 10 years ago. And the other trend is to focus on people for people, not just parts of a cog of a machine or an economy or an offshoring exercise. There has been a greater appreciation that people are the source of solutions and therefore we need to unleash that untapped energy. And they are also under unprecedented stress because of the things that we've been talking about. The mental health of individuals is so linked to the mental health of the company and the countries and communities that we're in. That's why I've spoken a lot about joy at work. Why would you sell for anything less? 
you're born happy, you go to school happy, your parents made you happy, you go to your first job happy, but we see this huge joy gap. And it's okay to be relentless and ambitious and career-minded and feed your family, but you also need to find in the moment those sources of loving what you do, loving where you are, loving yourself. And I think that is the key to unlocking the energy to solve all these problems. The problems we know, the solutions are there, but the people, the ones that are exhausted, they it's too hard. It's too hard to... Um, you know, fix something that you've been working on and working at the same company for many years. It's hard to uh, promote someone who doesn't look like you. It's hard to feel you're part of a cancel culture. So these are all things that are happening in the workplace. You can't have joy without a sense of justice. You can't have joy without a sense of your own purpose or being in a company which you believe has institutional purpose, like solving some of the problems here at WEF. What's overlooked with uh, joy at work? You mentioned something that I think people don't think about that, you know, hey, you need to keep this safe space. You can't have joy without justice. You can't have joy without equity. You know, but people um, don't think about joy and how it impacts them and how it impacts stress. Um, why is that? What's being overlooked? Well, part of it is probably situational. I think we've got these companies, if I focus on the workplace, and maybe you could extrapolate to communities where you have all these layers and silos and metrics and routines and meetings yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that drain the soul. Yeah. Uh, and if you combine that with a non-reflective or the great reflection, yeah. right, which is we've had the great resignation, I call it the great reflection. The last couple of years, given all the stress, being alone with ourselves, we're saying, well, why am I doing this? So the question of why has come back. So uh, there's probably been unnecessary stress uh, to, to the workplace just because of the legacy things that have happened. Uh, the external stuff has created all this added layer of stress, racial justice, geopolitical situation, actual war, yeah. climate uncertainty. So those are the reasons why, I mean, joy has been kind of pushed aside a bit. Um, I guess the next question is, well, what is the antidote to that? How do you find joy? Um, I think you got to go to first principles. Yeah. I mean, you have to first self-define your own success then you can draw boundaries. You will have less mental health issues if you understand the difference between stress and boredom, right? You wanna be challenged. You just don't wanna be stressed, right? Um, that means that allows you to find a place to work in, which allows you to be yourself. Obviously, we want leaders to be custodians and stewards of a just workplace. We want our leaders to be authentic and communicate their belief system so that they believe that they're moving in the right direction. They want the companies that they work in and are associate with, by the way, to be positive, to be speaking out on issues that matter to them. If you get multiple levels of people saying it's okay to be authentic and values-based and true to yourself, those are the preconditions for a great team. You have role clarity, you have harmony, you have acknowledgement, you have, because you're seen, and you also have praise and impact because you're obviously working more energetically for something you believe in. You'll probably have a better winning record yeah. if you do. I think the workers and the leaders need to come together on, well, what is our workplace? What is our purpose? Yeah. Do we need to be together, connected? I mean, one thing I would say to reduce stress, just to that point, is to just eliminate meetings. Yeah. I think there's a lot of unnecessary is Zoom being digital zombies, uh, mechanical, transactional, you know, falsely productive sessions. Yeah. 
we could liberate our workforce by just saying, be where you are, come into the office, we'd like to see you. Obviously, you want person-to-person contact. Uh, we're not going to have meetings. Yeah. We trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there also a sense that people should maybe build for joy? When you, One of the things you were talking about was, uh, hey, you can't have uh, a joy without justice, you can't have joy without equity, these things. And if a, a company, maybe uh, there's not fairness in promotions or not, uh, if people don't feel like they have uh, maybe the flexibility that they need for their particular situation, um, then they're not going to have that. If companies create their policies with the uh, purpose of joy. Uh, do you think that that um, is maybe a helpful mindset that you're not trying to solve for uh, a negative, you're trying to solve for a positive? Like, is it, how useful would that be? I think it's great. I think what I try to do is say, listen, I want championship teams. I want winning teams. They're serving customers better than our competitors are. And we're helping each other in ways that no one else can do. And if you look at any analogy on the team side, they have that. Yeah. They know what their role is. They don't waste time. They have each other's back. Now, in the workplace, the issue really is sometimes not the leader. If they may embrace joy, we want you to work less, have the right boundaries, have a fulfilled agenda. And it's probably not at the bottom level, the next generation, let's say, of workers who believe that this is what I expect. I'm not going to join you for life unless I feel that you will deliver this every day. It's the folks in the middle, the folks that grew up in the old world, so to speak. And now they have all these this uh, tidal wave of problems to also have. So ultimately, it's about power. Who's in the room? Who's deciding the workplace rules? Who's promoting the right people? Who's leading and deciding the next promotion? Um, Who's resourcing it and who pays? And I think there is unnecessary stress from lack of progress on some of the social agenda and the people agenda and the purpose agenda because the folks in the middle, that big part of the bell curve, don't get it or don't want to get it. So the, the role of the leader is to unlock that and say, no, I'm serious. I want us to get rid of the matrices. I want to delayer. I want to simplify organization. I want to eliminate unnecessary meetings. I don't want you working 18 hours a day on whatever technology we're on remotely. I respect your boundaries. I respect your different path. I respect your identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and what's a trait that you depend on in order to make that possible with the people that you work with? Well, I try to be joyful but relentless. I think yeah. there's the right balance. <laughs> you know, listen, I'm still very ambitious. Like many people in the consulting profession, we're all insecure overachievers. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to do this with a sense of of uh, balance and boundaries and knowing what what you love. Yeah. So every day, regardless of if I'm landing late at night or waking up in the morning in the winter or the summer, I go, my first activity is outside. I go outside for 15, 20 minutes, little jog, a walk, a bike, and I feel like it's a new day. So whatever happened the day before, no stress, and I'm preparing mentally for the new day. So you have to have a constant sense of renewal. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why I'm in consulting because, you know, every problem is different, every week is different, every client is different, every team is different for that matter. So there's a constant state of curiosity. So the secret from my perspective is to have that constant learning attitude. Every day is going to be a new learning experience. Yeah. That keeps me fresh, I believe. Jano Fernandez is co-CEO of Workday, a company that creates cloud applications for finance and human resources. He talked to me about how leaders can embed a sense of purpose into everyday in-person interactions, all to create moments that matter. This doesn't just create a sense of FOMO or fear of missing out about what happens at work, it also builds trust 
as each interaction makes the most of every person's time, building a deeper understanding of people's roles and their purpose in an organization. Here's Chano to explain more. We need to acknowledge this would work in the past, not necessarily is going to work out now going forward, right? And I think we're all trying to create what works on our organization and create that, uh, you know, moments of matter and fear of missing out for our own employee base, right? But we are not dictating what those times are going to be. We're trying to work with our management and teach our manager. What are those, right? Are they those when you have brainstorms? Are they those when you have strategy sessions, when you're kicking off projects? For the financial things might be when they're closing the books. Mm -hmm. For the sales things might be when they're closing the quarters, right? So what is really important to you and how you as a manager identify those and bring the things together to collaborate, right? And create that bonding and collaboration because that will create trust. And honestly, it's very difficult to have teamwork and impact without having trust. And we have having an environment where you can feel and have safe conversations. And we're trying to be creating and recreating those good and positive experiences with some fun around those positive experiences as well, in terms of how we bring people back to the office. So, you know, clearly, personally, I've been doing a number of town halls on many offices across the world, especially North America and Europe, mm -hmm. going to Asia during the summer. And that has been intentional in terms of how do we create moments where employees come back to the office, have a coffee, have lunch, have an interaction with other colleagues, because, you know, we, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, learning and getting with my manager, but people learn a lot about peer to peers as well, right? And having those um, basically interactions with peers. How do we feel as a more tenure employee that I have a responsibility and accountability to support proper onboarding for newer employees? And we've been appealing to some of those things that have been working with our employees because they feel a great attachment to the company for the culture we create. So they know that this culture is responsible of all of them. It's not my culture or my co-CEO's culture. It's them creating the culture. So they feel responsible as well. How do we make that culture successful, nurture it with the new employees that are joining the company? So that, that creates then a, a further sense of purpose for coming back to the office on top of what they are, let's say, doing their daily tasks. You know, all their colleagues that we haven't seen for, for quite a long time. The feedback we are getting, I mean, we, for example, we do our people leadership summits where we train during a couple of days, new managers either outside of Workday or being promoted in Workday on culture and values for two days, right? Um, last couple of years, we've been doing it remote. The feedback we got this year is being overwhelmingly positive. I mean, like, you know, it's always on the high 90s. I can tell you it's been two to three percent, even higher. And I think is that because we've done a better workshop this year? I think it is because we've done it face to face and people were so happy to reconnect and re-engage with colleagues that that is what created the difference, right? So we're trying to, again, as we're getting into a safer world to do all these things that we were doing, that they did make a difference, that they do matter, doing them face to face in terms of remote. That's joy at work. Thanks to all our leaders for their insights, and thanks to you for listening. A transcript of this episode and my colleagues' episodes, Radio Davos and the Book Club podcast, is available at wef.ch slash podcasts. If you liked this episode, check out full-length conversations with some of today's guests. In episode 45, ADP's Neela Richardson broke down for us some of the seismic changes that she is seeing transform work and how leaders can navigate them. In episode 57, Alex Liu shared more about finding purpose and why the Great Resignation has really been the Great Reflection. 
This episode of Meet the Leader was presented and produced by me, with Juan Turan as studio engineer, and Taz Kelleher assisting Gareth Nolan this week in driving studio production. I'm Linda Lucina with the World Economic Forum. Have a great day. <laughs>